Kathleen, in her comments, uh, referenced uh, the messages that we've been looking at. And I, and I wanted to talk about on this whole idea, the best is yet to come, one last thing. And uh, I'm going to do so rather briefly, uh, but I just wanted this to kind of be a, a parting thought along that theme. For those of you that have been here regularly, um, you know that one of the things we've been doing is looking at our vision statement and how that all relates to um, the best or the future continuing to move forward for us as a church. Uh, we've also been looking at this diagram, and we're going to come back to the diagram in just a moment. Um, but for those of you who are paying attention, um, that quick flash of the vision statement was your chance to review. Uh, just curious, um, if you think you can state our vision statement from memory, um, would you stand? Leah thinks she can. Somebody else? Jason thinks he can. Anybody else? Okay, do you think you can tell whether they get it right? Okay, uh, Jason, I'm going to let Leah go first because she was the first one to pop up. Um, so, Leah, let's hear it. You guys listen carefully. I'm not going to go back to the slide, so listen carefully. All right, we'll, we'll give Jason a shot. Is that right? All right, good. All right. Here you go, Jason. All right. Hey. <laughs> It's my spent gas card, but anyway, it made you feel good for a minute. Um, <laughs> not really. Don't, don't throw it away yet. All right. Um, but what, what I've noticed is, is, as I've been going through this, um, it's gotten a lot of people talking, and, and it's been interesting. I was blessed last week when some of you shared how you understood what that diagram represented, talked about the importance of people. Uh, obviously, the, the ministry is always about people, but, but places play a role in that, and programming plays a role in that, and they're all interconnected. And um, as I've been listening to the comments, it continues to represent a, a variety of comments, and it, and it reminded me, Ron, oh, Ron's counting right now. Um, how many are in here? Oh, did I interrupt you? Yeah, give me, give me a rough idea. All right, all right. Well, that's close enough. We'll, we'll make it work then. Um, but anyway, um, what, what I wanted us to think about, and, and part of my concern as I've been listening to the, to the comments and some of the um, energy all across the board in terms of some feeling really positive about some aspects and not so positive about other aspects. I was reminded of this diagram and it's called the diffusion of innovation adopter categories and it, you hear it called a variety of different things. Um, but if you look um, over here, when, when you come up with a, or when you confront an idea or change, um, this is basically statistically how people are going to respond. You'll have two and a half percent um, are there two people in here? Uh, two people. Let me see. Todd's already standing, so come up here and stand, Todd. Uh, we need somebody on this side of the room. Brian, would you stand up? All right. Um, so we got, you, you can go by, stand by your seat or wherever, but just stay standing. So we got two people, uh, two and a half, but we don't, these guys are big enough, they make up a two and a half. Uh, um, so two and a half people who are the ones who say, this is the idea, we ought to go here and we can't go here fast enough, all right? They're the innovators. They're the ones who come up with the creative ideas and get really excited about. Next are what's called the early adopters. And uh, I need 13 people to stand. Let's, uh, the, you three here, uh, let's do uh, Scott and Marsha, uh, uh, Scott and Jody. Uh, somebody count for me here. Three, uh, six, uh, let's do the front row here. Uh, is that 10, right? You guys with me? Uh, 
Oh, Lee's up. All right. You're going to be standing a while. You sure you want to go? All right. So, Ryan, why don't you jump up too? Am I at 12, 13? 13. All right, that's close enough. All right, so the early adopters are the ones who, once they hear Todd and Brian with their great idea, they say, Woo, that's a great idea. I'm on board. Count me in. Uh, let's go. And uh, then, after the early adopters, you have what's called the early majority. Um, right here, 30. Whoops. Oh, wrong button. All right, uh, 34%. So I need 34 of you. Uh, this whole section here, that's uh, 5, 10, 11. Uh, let's, do, let's do this whole section here. You guys all stand. Uh, all right. So that's the early majority. They're the ones who, after Todd and Brian and the next 13 folks get, get excited, they're the ones who jump on board and say, woo-woo, we're going. And the, and the great thing is, once you get to this point, you've got what they call critical mass, all right? Um, You've you got things moving forward. And I just want to say here, some of you know me well, and some of you don't know me quite that well, and because you see me up here, and, I, and I'm excited. You may think that by nature I'm an innovator, and I'm not. You may think by nature I'm an early adopter, and I'm not. I wish I could tell you that I'm an early majority kind of person just by, by my nature, by my temperament. I'm not. At best, I'm a late majority kind of person. So let's have another 34 people stand up, and, and we'll just make this whole section 34 people. All right, so the, the, the 34, the next, the late majority are the ones who, who kind of say, well, it's going to happen anyway, so I might as well get on board. <laughs> All right? So, so let's, let's just go with it. And, and they're the late majority. So by the time you're here, 34 and 34, 68, and, uh, and another 16, uh, you're up to nearly 80%, 90%. So you really got some momentum going. And then there's this group here. Now, no disrespect to you guys are over here, um, but they're the laggards. Now, laggards, not, that's kind of a negative term. <laughs> But it really isn't. They're the ones who just really aren't sure. And trust me, trust me, if it were not for the laggards, the innovators would run and jump off a cliff sometime and nobody would stop them. All right? Now, innovators, we got to have them. But if it weren't for the laggards, we could often see the bus go down the wrong road. So that's an incredible part. But that's the last 16%. So you guys can all stand now. All right? So that's what it looks like um, for an idea, a concept to move forward. You can all be seated now. Now the reason I put that up there today is I've got enough life experience and I've been involved in enough things to realize that if if you're an innovator or an early adopter and you're excited about something, you can get really frustrated with the late majority and the laggards because they're just holding you back. Okay? Now, as I said, they may be holding you back from jumping off a cliff, but they're holding you back either way. So it's very easy to get frustrated with them, just as it's very easy for the late majority and the laggards to get really frustrated with the early adopters and the early majority. It's easy to say, you know what, uh, I just wish you'd stop pushing me here. And they're saying, well, if you would start moving, I wouldn't have to push. <laughs> and it's very easy for that to become the case and to create tension. Um, which brings me back to this diagram. 
it's interesting for me as I thought more about this is just because you're an innovator maybe with regard to people doesn't mean you're automatically going to be an innovator or an early adopter when it comes to places or programs. Or just because you're ready to get shovels today and start digging foundations for us to build on doesn't mean that you would be equally excited or motivated or innovative or early adopting when it came to starting a new program. And so today, I wanted us to just kind of settle in and slow down and take a deep breath and understand that wherever we fall on that bell curve of adoption infusion or infusion of adoption, wherever we're at, it is imperative that we ask God to give us a patience and an understanding for all the other perspectives. Because in the body of Christ, the body is most effective when everybody understands and respects and works toward a common goal. Even though we may work at it in different ways or different portions or passages, uh, but the key is to understand that I may be excited about something. We could say, we're going to raise money for, for new sound equipment. And some of us would be, oh, yes, we've been waiting for that forever. And others of us might say, why in the world do we need a screen on the back wall? Because I never look back there. <laughs> Except when I'm trying to catch a look at the clock, and now it's harder because they moved it. <laughs> I saw you. Don't pretend like you didn't. <laughs> Come on now. Um, but, but I just wanted us to, to take a moment as I put this best is yet to come series behind us to look forward in terms of saying, what's it going to take for some of these ideas and concepts and initiatives to, to come to fruition? It's going to take all of us. It's going to take innovators. And it's going to take laggards, all right? It's going to take early majority and late majority, all of us saying, you know what? It doesn't matter where I fall on that bell curve. I just want to make sure that I'm where God wants me to be. I want to make sure it's not I'm jumping on board with, with Todd and, and Brian, the innovators. I'm jumping on board with what God's doing in our midst. I commented last week that the comments have been made on more than one occasion that since God is stirring, that God's up to something in our midst. You know what? It's not about me innovating. It's not about me being a laggard. It's about all of us saying, God, we want to partner with you in whatever you're doing in our midst. Which brought me to the, to the one last thing um, that I want us to look at. And obviously, you're sharp and you notice that the one is, uh, is the emphasis. A couple of passages of Scripture before we take communion. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I just want that to be in the back of our minds as we wrestle with what it looks like for 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015 to be among our best years ever as a church. 
Paul says something similar just a little bit later in Philippians chapter 2. Paul says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... Uh, let me read that again if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any fellowship with the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and purpose and then he goes on do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility consider others better than yourselves each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, friends, imagine if we look at that, that bell curve again, the infusion of adoption, and every one of us, regardless of where we fell on that curve, had those kinds of scriptural mindsets, how much easier it would be for there to be a sense of oneness a sense of a common commitment, even if we were not the one who innovated. I, I, you've heard me say before, I am, I'm all for change if it's my idea. Okay? That's a wonderful thing because I think it needs to be done. I am not quite so excited about change when it's somebody else's idea. And some people, if it's their idea, I'm really not for it at all. So I think it's important for us to all have that in the back of our mind. And, and then there was one last passage of Scripture that really kind of started this whole thought process for me and, and set the tone for today. Now, some of you are familiar with this story. Uh, the, the people of Israel had been slaves in Egypt, and, and God miraculously, through Moses and the ten plagues and the parting of the Red Sea and, and all that, led them out of that slavery and, and was taking them to a promised land. Remember the story? And, and in the process, they made some bad choices in the wilderness, so they had to spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And it came time, finally, that whole generation that had been disobedient passed away, and, and Moses or Joshua succeeded Moses as leader and it was time to enter the promised land and and God lays out the plan and then just before it was time to execute the plan Joshua did this he told the people consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you now friends in that case, it was a literal tomorrow, all right? But if 2012 is to be our best year ever, then some of our tomorrows are going to have to be amazing days. I mean, doesn't it make sense? Whether it's literally Monday, February 13th, or it's February 14th, or it's June 14th for 2012 to be our best year ever gosh folks we've already got almost two months in the book some of these next 10 months are gonna have to be amazing if 2012 is going to be the best year yet and and what just really captured my heart was the idea of it started not with the leadership selling, selling, <laughs> sharing a grand vision. But it started with a group of people 
who are willing to consecrate themselves, who are willing to set themselves apart and say, God, we invite you to do something amazing in our midst. And as I thought about uh, a challenge for us to consecrate ourselves, earlier in the series I talked about the importance of our, our individual pursuit of holiness for our church to be all it's, all it's intended to be, all it can be. But as I continue to come back to that idea of 2012 being a great year people-wise, a great year places-wise, a great year program-wise, as I thought about the importance of, of the, the early adopters and the late majority and the laggards and the, and the innovators all to get together and be on the same page, even though they're still expressing who they are and the way God's wired them, for them all to be on the same page, which is God's page, I thought consecrating ourselves is a great place to start. And to me, few things within our Christian tradition symbolize consecration better than the sacrament of Holy Communion. 